This is Our House by Art, Humanity, and Action, a podcast where activists tell stories about the first time they realized they had to get involved and what happened next. I'm your host, Nicole Ferraro. I started to think I needed to get involved in a way that I hadn't before. It ain't over. We have a lot, a lot of fighting to do. I knew I had to be involved. I wanted to help. People call it a duty, like you have a duty to do certain things. You know, it started dawning me that I have to do something. My son builds with Legos. He loves to draw. He's getting into making his own comic books. Um, we play a lot of Uno and chess. You're listening to Laura House. She's a Brooklyn mom of a little boy with some pretty cool hobbies. Recently, he's been getting into soccer. Last weekend, he had two games and did not take his soccer uniform off the entire weekend. He was so proud that he had started this new sport and that my husband was coaching the team. Laura wasn't really politically active until a few years ago. And her awakening happened at that place where I think it's fair to say lots of rebels are born, her kids' school's PTA meeting. It was 2015, and I attended the kindergarten-wide curriculum meeting that the principal gives to every class every year, and I'm sure it's this very perfunctory thing where she's ticking through the list of school culture, how play is integrated, academically what they'll be doing, the school environment, you know, everything from experiential hands-on toys in the classroom to how much time they get out for recess to who's going to help open their milk cartons in the cafeteria. And then a parent in the audience raised their hand and in this really shaky voice asked about lockdown drills. Which, of course, post-Sandy Hook shooting, I was aware that this was something that was mandatory in public schools. Um, But I had not wrapped my head around the fact that this would then be our reality. And I didn't even have a conversation with anyone after. I just sort of left and walked home and really ruminated on this. My son is at a school that has its kindergarten through fifth grade. There are 10 classes in every grade with an average of 23 to 26 children in every classroom. So how you get that many children corralled and quieted and in a space that where they are perceived safe is mind-boggling to me. My son is seven years old. He will soon learn that this is a very cruel reality. It's not a threat. This is not um, like a Cold War threat when people were diving under their desks for a perceived threat. This is an actual threat, and it keeps happening. It was then that week that I started to think I really needed to get involved in a way that I hadn't before. 
and become more curious about this because I found this whole idea so um, appalling. I connected with uh, someone who is in Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense. They were having a vigil that weekend in Brooklyn. I think it was the third year of the Sandy Hook anniversary. And I showed up. They handed me a clipboard to sign people in. And um, that was kind of it. Then I was, I, once, they, once they get you in, you can't stop. So they had this very silent but powerful march in the park in honor of Sandy Hook victims, but also everyday victims of gun violence. I felt incredibly moved. Uh, I had no, I really didn't even know all the talking points. I knew how I felt about things, but I didn't have any established. I don't know, you know, it, it just, it felt um, like I was just kind of showing up and not sure how it was going to go. <laughs> Gun violence had affected my life. I think I wasn't seeing it as that because it felt very personal. My father died by gun suicide, um, which was not something that my family could have ever predicted. Um, We didn't see it coming. At that point, it did not seem like a preventable death. Um, But knowing what I know now from doing this work, I have a better understanding of, of how those sorts of deaths can be prevented. I mean, it wasn't what spurred me to action. But in seeing how I can help to work and affect legislation and awareness um, for other families, that's been healing in its way. I ended up meeting um, this woman, Kristen Pettit, uh, who is one of the New York chapter's founding members of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense. And uh, Kristen and I have gone on to march in Washington together for the first Women's March and show up at rallies and events and things together throughout the city. Really what we do is we show up when needed. So we have done everything from walking in solidarity with a group called Save Our Streets. Um, They're in Crown Heights and we show up with them when they have shooting responses and that just means standing out in a corner, locking arms with them and being there to let the community know that this is happening every single day. We get more political in the way, like if we're backing a particular candidate, if we're trying to stop legislation, um, we'll do tabling events, like we've done a few things with Get Organized BK, which, um, you know, we'll stand out there with our little information cards and have people sign up and let them know about gun legislation that we're trying to put a stop to and that we need people's help to do. The incredible thing is our community is growing and we have a really excellent and motivated group of core volunteers. So we're just all, we all do it when we can do it. They just need people to show up, really. That's kind of how it happened. And I suppose I needed a place to show up to and to put my time and energy into and it, it lined up. Having a presence in the community that's constant 
that's what's necessary. In 2016, Laura was asked to take a larger role as the Brooklyn Community Outreach Lead for Moms Demand Action. In just a moment, we'll be back with Laura in the studio talking about what Moms is doing now and why the midterms are so important for gun safety regulations. you so much for telling us your beautiful story and for being with us here on the podcast. It's so nice to have you. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me a little bit about Moms Demand Action in general? Sure. Moms Demand Action was founded uh, by a woman named Shannon Watts in 2012 in response to the Sandy Hook shooting. And um, Shannon modeled the group after the very highly effective Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And the idea was to take real legislative action to flip laws, and um, to bring up awareness of this issue. And what started as a Facebook group launched by one woman at her kitchen table, it's grown into the largest nonpartisan grassroots network of volunteers advocating for stronger gun laws and sensible gun policies on the state, federal, and local level. Um, And there are now 50 chapters, so in every state, and nearly 4 million members. That's amazing. Can you share with me a few statistics about gun violence in this country? Absolutely. Um, On average, 96 Americans are killed every day from guns. 62% of firearm deaths are suicide. In an average month, 50 women in the U.S. are shot to death by intimate partners. Black men are more than 13 times likely than white men to be shot and killed with guns. And the homicide rate in the U.S. is more than 25 times the average of other developed countries. So that gives a little bit of color as to why Moms Demand Action is so essential and important. You all work really, really hard. The fact that Shannon started this at her kitchen table is amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about some legislative wins that you've had? This year alone in Nebraska, um, they defeated permitless carry in Florida, Vermont, and Maryland. They all have Republican governors, but they all just pass common sense gun laws. And that's huge. And Florida Governor Scott signed a suite of gun control measures, including raising the legal age to purchase firearms from 18 to 21 and introducing wait times on gun purchases. Okay, so, you know, we have a general sense in this country that gun laws have been unmovable and that there's been no progress whatsoever. And that's understandable because there's rampant gun violence and the statistics you cited are horrific. But groups like Moms Demand Action are making, you know, incremental progress, especially on the local level, right? There are reasons to be optimistic. There are reasons to be optimistic. So we're coming into the midterm elections, as I think you are probably aware. There are a lot of reasons that they are consequential for anyone who cares about gun sense laws and and sensible changes to the laws we have and less gun violence in this country. I know there are a couple of bills in Congress currently or or coming to Congress that could be particularly dangerous. But I want to hear from you about why the midterms are, are super important for anyone who cares about this issue. Well, the midterms are important for anyone, period, to get out and vote on this issue in particular, because I think we really need to support what was started by the students at Parkland and carry this forward. I think it's remarkable the awareness 
that those kids have brought, not just to this issue, but to others. Um, they have really, they understand that this is intersectional. They understand that this is not a partisan issue. They understand that this is a larger issue of, of social justice. I see it as supporting them to raise awareness and move this effort forward. So with that, call your senators. Whatever state you're in, make sure that you're picking up the phone, particularly to Republican senators or senators that you know have been really soft on enacting common sense gun laws. Some things in particular on a national level, there is this bill called Concealed Carry Reciprocity, CCR, which was packaged as part of a bill where the wording was duplicitous. So it passed in the House and now it's going to the Senate. And what this bill does is it effectively would honor the weakest laws for concealed carry reciprocity across state lines. What about here in New York? What can people do? Here in New York, again, get ready to, to dial. Um, call your New York state senators and urge them to pass the Extreme Risk Protection Order, um, ERPO, which is also called a gun violence restraining order. And that would enable courts to temporarily prohibit a person from having guns if law enforcement or immediate family members show that they pose a harm to themselves or to others. Um, and ERPO laws that have been passed in other states have been shown to reduce suicide rates by providing an opportunity to intervene and prevent a person from accessing firearms when they're in crisis. Um, and then another big thing that Moms Demand Action is pushing for, and um, there are some legislators who are really strongly supporting this as well, um, we would like to set up a New York Gun Violence Research Center. And this would recognize and research gun violence as the public health epidemic that it is. And California has already done this. Other states are considering it, but it would treat this as a public health issue, with which is what it is, with 96 deaths a day. Laura House, I want to say thank you so much again for being here on the podcast and for being in the world. I think that you are wonderful. Thank you so much to Laura House for being with us on the podcast and for all the work you do with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. If you want to get involved with Moms Demand Action, please visit momsdemandaction.org to get connected with your local chapter. We'll include links and social handles in the show notes. This podcast comes from Art Humanity in Action and is produced and edited by Jeff Rose. Music for this episode is by Audioblocks, Nate Lineback, and Francisco Cutter. You can find more activist stories on the podcast and information about our live shows at arthumanityaction.com. In the meantime, thank you for listening and thank you for being in the world. 